0: Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace. There are terms to covenants. There are terms to covenant. There are terms and rules that guide every covenant. So, for the Old and the New Covenant, there are different terms that guide them. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 56. Let's just read some scriptures and hold. First Corinthians 15. That's 56. So he says the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. Hallelujah. So Paul says that the power of sin is the law. So without the law, you won't understand what sin is. Or in other words, sin or, 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 sin takes advantage of the law. Romans chapter seven, verse seven also says that also that, that the strength of sin is the law. Sin derives its strength from law. Amen. Like Pastor Phil will say, if there is no sign saying do not urinate here, but because of your consciousness and your mind, you know that it is not, it is not proper or it is not right to do that here. But he, he gives an example and says, if you are in a bush path or something and the place is dirty and is a dustbin and they now write on it, do not ruin it here. Even with the law that is written there, there is still this tendency or this, this, um, Volition to do what has been said not to be done. Amen. So we see in the garden that God creates man and puts him in the garden and he says, you can eat of every tree. Every fruit. Anything you want to eat, you can eat. But of this one. Don't eat this one. Set up. Law. So the devil comes And wants to tempt Eve. He didn't say, take a knife and kill your husband. Mm -mm. He didn't say, "Um, do this or do that. He went for the law that was given. He went for the law that was given. Amen. Amen. And he now says, eat of this fruit. For it is good for food. And when Eve saw that it was good for food, she ate of it. Because there was a law saying, do not eat of it. That was why her mind was... You know when they say, don't sit down here. All that is in your mind is, I must not sit down here. I must not sit down here. Let me sit down there. What will happen if I sit down there? Let me sit down there. Then you sit down there. Normally you will walk into the hall, and maybe there are chairs everywhere. And there is no law on this chair saying, oh, Pastor Phil's chair. Nobody must sit down. And it, everybody just comes to the hall because there is no law. Everybody just, you are, you are, you are not. How would I call it now? You are not led to sit down there, or you are not um, coerced to sit down there. But when somebody says this chair is special, like in your father's house, you know your father has a chair that he watches news on, <laughs> and nobody has to sit down on that chair. That chair is for him. Is the man of God of the house. Amen. So and they say. Don't sit on this chair. There are other chairs here. Your mind does not go to the other chairs. Your mind comes here. What is special about this seat? Why are they proud? What's there? It's not chair. But because there is now a law, your mind is now acting in line with that law. Paul says the strength of sin is the law. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So sin takes advantage not that the law is a bad thing in its on itself or in its own but sin takes advantage of the law. If there is no law, sin has nothing to hold on to. But once there is a law, aha, sin appears. Paul says, I I I I did not know what covetousness was until the law said, Do, thou shalt not covet. Amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6 to 8. Galatians chapter 1 From verse 6. So Paul says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Verse 7 says, Which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Verse 8. It says, but even if we or oh, an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached to you, let him be eternally condemned. Hallelujah. So you see, Paul interchanges, if you read from the NKJV, interchanges the word grace for gospel. Grace is gospel. Gospel is grace. Grace is Christ. Gospel is Christ. It's interchangeable. Amen. Grace is not a doctrine. Grace is the doctrine. Or the perspective. So Paul calls the gospel, the gospel of grace or the gospel of Christ. And he says, I marvel or I am astonished that you are quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Let's examine this different gospel that these people were turned to. Galatians chapter 2 verse 11. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul says, when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he was clearly in the wrong. Before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles, because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. Verse 13, the other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy. So that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. Verse 14 says, When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, You are a Jew, yet you you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? Hallelujah. So you see what gospel they were drawn to. This other gospel was the gospel of adding law to grace. Hallelujah. Peter was with the Gentile church and he was eating with them. He was fellowshipping with them. There was no Agaba. But until his Jews came to meet them, he began to draw back. You know why? Because in the law, Jews are not supposed to mingle with Gentiles. It is an error. You get it? so, but in his mind, though he has an idea of the gospel, but the, 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 the legalistic system was still at work in him. In quotes, amen. So because he saw that Jews were coming, people that are lawyers that know the law. All of the all, all the law, they know all, as in they know everything. Peter now begins to drop back from the Gentiles. He now begins to, he doesn't eat with them anymore. He, he, he he now draws back. Then Paul comes and says, why, why are you, why are you being shaky on on your gospel? The gospel we preach is not the gospel of Jews versus Gentiles or the gospel of, of us versus them. Even the Gentiles have a part in this new creation. Amen. So he opposed Peter to the face and says he was clearly in the wrong. Let's, let's read verse, verse, um, 13 the other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas, hallelujah, NIV, NIV, praise God, Ah. the other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray, amen, by their hypocrisy, even somebody that was grounded in the knowledge of the gospel was led astray, Because of the pressure of trying to fit in with those in the law arena. Not that what he did was a bad thing. He was actually doing the law. So it's not necessarily a a battle between doing what is good and doing what is bad. It is between the law and grace. There is a new covenant now. Amen. Amen. So you see now, Paul is saying that the Gentiles are not even under the law. But now pastors or lawyers, in quote, want to put Nigerians that are not even Jews under the law. Amen. Amen. Let's go a little further. When Paul says, you have fallen from grace, he actually means to go back to the law. To fall for grace is not to sin away the grace of God upon your life. Uh Amen. Amen. To fall from grace, actually, is to go back to the law and to believe that it is the legalistic systems that will save you. To now believe that it is the law of Moses, the big ten, in quotes, ten commandments. And you know, the funny thing is that they are not just ten commandments. There are over 600. And I will show you some of them. You will be shocked at what some of the commandments say you should not do. Your mind will be blown away. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Galatians 2, verse 21. Let's go to verse 21. He says, I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Paul is using very, very, very <laughs> saying Christ died for nothing. It's a very deep word. It's a very serious word. He says, I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. So righteousness cannot come by the big 10 or the big 600. Amen. Righteousness comes by believing in Christ. If it was not like that, then Christ has died for nothing. Bible. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Let's go a little further. No one is called to preach the whole Bible. It is demarcated for crying out loud. There is the old covenant and there is the new covenant. You cannot mix covenants. Wow. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You cannot combine covenants. Jesus says you cannot put new wine in old wineskin. What will happen? It will burst. They are not not to be mixed together. You cannot mix it. You are not a DJ. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You cannot mix the law and grace in the in the, what was it called? In the attempt to be balanced. In quote. No, you want to balance Jesus. My brother, you cannot balance Jesus. Jesus is enough. I know, I know, I know Jesus is the grace of God. I know Jesus is the gospel. I know Jesus has died for us. But, but uh, we need to add some Moses to this thing. Let's balance it. You want to balance Jesus? Because Jesus is not balanced enough. Amen. 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 I actually need my lights right now We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 8 verse 1 Hebrews chapter 8 verse 1 Hallelujah Um I'm, I'm setting a a baseline here what I'm going to be explaining Hebrews chapter eight and verse one. i we reading to verse thirteen? It says the point of what we are saying is this we do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. And who serves in the sanctuary? The true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by man. Amen. He says, who serves in the sanctuary? The true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by man. So he says, we do have a high priest who is Christ, who who serves in the sanctuary? The true tabernacle, which is not made by man. Amen. Verse 3. It says every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. So it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. So we already know what the priests in the Old Covenant do. They take um, the, 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 the lamb and the, and the sacrifice from the people of Israel and they sacrifice them. And what they do is that the, 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 the person with the sacrifice lays his hand on the lamb and transfers his sin to that lamb. Then the priest takes the lamb and kills the lamb. And the lamb is roasted by the judgment of God. So, in like manner, the sin of the man is transferred to the lamb. Not that the man has no sin. But that the sin is transferred to the lamb and God judges the lamb instead of the man. Amen. You get this point. So he's comparing Jesus to our own high priest. And he says, Every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. And so it was necessary for this one to also have something to offer. Verse 4. He says, If he were on earth, he would not be a priest. For there are already men who offer the gifts prescribed by the law. Amen. So he's saying that Jesus is not a priest of the the earthly realm. Amen. He's saying that there are already men who offer the gifts prescribed by the law here on earth. Amen. Verse 5. It says, they serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and a shadow of what is in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle, see to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. So the old covenant is a shadow of what is in heaven. Moses did not just decide, oh, let's just build any temple. He was giving rules to follow. There are steps he followed. There are criteria that he met in the pattern to follow in making the tabernacle. Verse 6. He says, but the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is the mediator. Is superior to the old one. And it is founded on better promises. Hallelujah. So he says that the promises of this new covenant is better than that of the one of lambs and bulls. That we have better promises founded on this new covenant of Christ. Verse 7. He says, For if there had been nothing wrong with the first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. Amen. So he says there is an error with the old covenant. There is something wrong with the old covenant. What is, something, what is wrong with the old covenant? Verse 8. He says, But God found fault with the people. Use NKJV. Let's see what NKJV says here. Verse 8. It says, because finding fault with them. He didn't find fault with the law. Hallelujah. He didn't find fault. The law is perfect. The law is holy. The law is good. But because finding fault with them. Finding fault with the people. The people could not keep the law. Hallelujah. The law cannot be kept. I will show you. No problem. He says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Verse 9. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they did not continue in my covenant. And what was the outcome of that? And I disregarded them, says the Lord. Amen. Verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws, where? In Ten, in Ten Commandments? Okay. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. And I will be my God and they shall be my people. Amen. So God is saying that the Big Ten is not working. Amen. Amen. The big ten is not working. So what shall we do? I will write my laws in their hearts. So with your hearts, you know and discern what is right and what is wrong. Every believer that has the Holy Ghost knows what is right and what is wrong. You don't need to tell him. You don't need to put laws and say, oh, if you do this, you will get this. If you do this, you will get this. He knows already because the Holy Ghost is in him. As many as I led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10 verse 8. Let's go there and see what Hebrews ten, verse eight says. So you see that the laws now are written where in our hearts. Previously, saying sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin. Use an IV. First, he said sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings. You did not desire. Now, were you pleased with them, although the law required them to be made? So, the writer of Hebrews is saying that even God was not even pleased with the sacrifice. But bad as it bad may not be like, say something, not die. The lamb had to die. Amen. So, he says, although the law required them to be made, but you, you were not pleased with them. You were not pleased with the sacrifices of lambs, of bulls and goats. It was just for something to be done. Amen. Verse 9. Then he said, here I am. That idea is speaking about Christ. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. Amen. So he's saying, the old is done away with. Christ has fulfilled the law. You know, many lawyers will say, Jesus said, uh, I did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. We are saying the same thing. When something has been fulfilled, what, what else can be done about it? They Say your rent is 300,000 or 400,000, 700,000. And I say, Oh, I have fulfilled it for you. You now say, Oh, I want to go and pay it again. Does it make sense? He has fulfilled it, means He has fulfilled it. It is done already. Amen. Verse 10. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Amen. We have been made holy. Holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So, our holiness is not by confession. How many sins can you confess? True. Be true to yourself. How many can you confess? Do you see? Scripture says, He that knows what is right and does not do it, that one is this sin. So, you are supposed to be feeding the poor every day throughout the year. Is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? But you are not doing it, so we are sinning by not doing anything. You know, when we say sin, people just come and say adultery <laughs> and fornication. That is the two sins. Okay, maybe murder. We we'll add murder because uh, murder, murder is not so popular like that. But adultery, fornication, then murder, then maybe stealing. The rest. People lie every day now. You lie on your CV, you lie on the job. Have you sent the email? I will send it, I will send it. You have not sent it. When will the design be ready? This meal. I'm, I'm, already, I'm almost done, I'm almost done with the design. Don't worry, it's by 2 p.m. This design will come out. Well, yeah, design bow. <laughs> Story. <laughs> when are you going to be in church? I'll be in church by 4.30. 4.30. You come to church by 4.31. You have sinned. (laughs) Scripture says, he that knows what is right and does not do it to him, that is also sin. Amen. So now you see sin. You see that sin is many. Uh (laughs) Let's continue. Verse 11. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again. He offers the same sacrifices, which can never, the writer says, can never take away sins. So what he did was just cover the sin. It just, not that it was not there. The sin was just covered. It was covered. Not that the sin wasn't there, but the sin was covered. Amen. Verse 12. He says, but when this priest, talking about Christ, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down, at the right hand of God. You know, when a priest is in the Old Covenant, when a priest is in the tabernacle, he is not allowed to sit down because the work must continue. You cannot sit down. How? Why? See, people are sinning. You need to be sacrificing You get the point? So there is always something to be done. There is always sacrifice to be made. But scripture says that when this priest had offered for all time, when did this happen? 2,000 years ago, before you were born. So God paid for your sins, past, present and future. Ah! How can he pay for my future sins? The one I've not even committed? Yes, he paid. Where were you when he did this one? 2,000 years ago yeah, are like. <laughs> 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 but when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Verse 13. Since that time he waits for his enemies to make made his footstool. Verse 14. Because by one sacrifice, again, he has made perfect forever. Hallelujah. So there is no other sacrifice for sin. There you, there is no, there is no, in fact, there is, there is no sacrifice. There is no penalty. There is no eternal consequence for sin. He has paid, Christ has paid for the eternal consequence of sin. Amen. Christ has paid for the eternal consequence of sin. He says by one sacrifice, He has perfected us for how long? For how long? forever is forever my people amen, amen. forever is forever <laughs> hallelujah yes, then you hear some people say oh this one you're saying is story me I must keep the law because I know myself I'm upright I'm an upright man I know what to do I know good things. I know the law. 600, I can keep all. Superman. You know what the law does? The purpose of the law actually is to show you the need for a savior. The law points you to the need for a savior. You get to a point where you say, I can't keep these things. I need somebody to save me. That is the point of the law. So even when the Pharisees would come, because they felt they had kept the law outwardly, they came to Christ and they said, um, we have not done any adultery, we have not committed fornication, and the likes, we have kept the law. Then Christ now increased it. So if you think about a woman in your heart, you have already done it. they are like, what? There is no man. There is no man on earth, anywhere, as far as he has blood. <laughs> as far as he has blood inside him. He has not done it, all, but in his mind, Forget, (laughs) my brother. Forget. So Jesus said, even in your mind, if you have thought about it, my brother, you are like the person that has done it physically. And they were like, "Whoa, Jesus, really?" (laughs) Because the law shows you the need for a savior. You see, even when you try to keep it. You will see for. Let's continue. Let me show you some laws in Leviticus chapter 19. <laughs> Leviticus. You know this book? This book is a very deep book. <laughs> Leviticus chapter 19 verse 19. Mm, calabar and debosh. Keep my decrees. Do not mate different kinds of animals. Do not plant your field with two kinds of seed, okay, we don't, we work in the bank now, in, in IT, so we don't, these are not affect us. Do not wear clothing woven of two kinds of material. Uzo. <laughs> My brother. Even your socks is like seven material. <laughs> Lapel pin, you wear pocket square, you wear tie pin, you wear socks, multicolored, you wear green tie, purple shoe, pink, pocket square, multi multiple material. The law of God. Yeah. Sure, you want to keep the law? Abby? Yeah, keep her. <laughs> Leviticus 19, verse 27. Let me show you another law. Do not cut the hair at the sides of your head. My brother. Skin cuts, mohawk, uh, and the likes. Or clip off the edges of your beard. My brother. Every Sunday we are seeing it. <laughs> Some, some sin two times a week by shaving, some sin every day you know, some sin you know, once in a month depends on your frequency of shaving <laughs> and how much your hair grows, amen if, if you read Leviticus my brother, you will know you can't keep the law amen law, law. <laughs> you want to keep the law <laughs> Numbers 15 verse 32 let me show you what the Lord did to somebody this law. So while the Israelites were in the desert, a man was found gathering wood on the Sabbath day. Verse 33. It says, Those who found him gathering wood brought him to Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly. Verse 34. And they kept him in custody because it was not clear what should be done to him. Verse 35. <laughs> then the Lord said to Moses, The man for gathering firewood, my brother. Hey, (laughs) The man must die. The whole assembly must stone him. The man must die. The whole assembly must stone him. Next verse. So the assembly took him outside the camp and what? As the... Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. The Lord... Say sure you want to keep the law. Say sure you, 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 sure you go anywhere on Saturday. You drive your car on Saturday. Ah, <laughs> my brother. <laughs> we should be. You should all be stoned. <laughs> Hallelujah. But Christ is superior to the law. Amen. Christ is superior to the law. Hebrews chapter seven verse eleven. Let's go there quickly. Hebrews seven eleven. Hallelujah. So now you see, nobody can keep the law. Have I proven beyond any reasonable doubt that? Uh Nobody can keep the law. Okay. So Hebrews chapter 7 verse 11. It says, If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it the law was given to the people, why was there still need for another priest to come? One in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron. Verse 12. He says, for when there is a change of priesthood, there also must be, there also must be a change of the law. So he's saying that as the priesthood has changed, there is also a change in law. You cannot mix the two. It doesn't work. You can't mix it. You want to balance Jesus. Jesus is already balanced. Verse 13. (laughs) <laughs> hallelujah see he of whom these things are said belong to a different tribe and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar verse 14 he said, For if it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah and in regard to that the tribe of Moses and Moses said nothing about priests verse 15 and what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears verse 16 One who has become a priest, not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. Hallelujah. Verse 17. It says, for it is declared, you are a priest for how long? He is your priest forever. In the order of Melchizedek, verse 18. It says, the former regulation is what? Because it was... See Bible, it was weak and useless. The law is weak and useless. Leave it alone. Verse nineteen, it says, "For the law made nothing perfect; not even the, they could not keep it." My brother, and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. Verse twenty, it says, "And it was not without an oath; others became priests without any oath." Verse twenty-one. But he became a priest with an oath when God said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Verse 22. Because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. So he calls the new covenant a better one. It is a better covenant. Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. Verse 23. He says, now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in the office. So he's saying that priests will always die. You know, because you're a human being, you're a mortal man. Once you are a priest for a while, you die, your son takes over, then the person dies and he just continues like that. But he says, since death prevented them from continuing in office, verse 24, but because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Hallelujah. He says he has a permanent priesthood. Verse 25. It says, therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Hallelujah. Jesus is the one paying the price for everything. You are not doing nothing my brother. NKJV. That's how we, we like this verse to sound. <laughs> therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost. Uttermost. he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he lives to make intercession for them Jesus is living on your behalf says he lives to make intercession for you so Christ is making intercession for you not once in two days not once in a month you know there are people who used to go intercessors in church they intercede on behalf of the brethren. Kabota. But Jesus is the one making intercession for you. Hallelujah. You know what grace does? Grace frees you from the guilt and condemnation of the law. Let me show you what Paul said. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 2. NIV. Hallelujah. Make room for us in your hearts. Paul speaking. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have exploited no one. Paul. That made some people widows. The same Paul. That means... He went, the church that he's preaching to. He killed people there. For the sake of the law. Now he's coming and he's saying, make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged nobody. For we, eh? <laughs> Hallelujah. Paul is saying, we have wronged no one. Make room for us in your hearts. This is grace. Hallelujah. He says, we have wronged no one. We have Corrupted no one. We have exploited no one, my brother, you, Haba. But because grace has found him, he says, "There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus." It doesn't matter what the past is. It doesn't even matter what the present is. Christ is superior. Hallelujah! Christ is superior. Amen. Hebrews chapter eleven, verse thirty. Let's just read through the scriptures. Hebrews 11 verse 30. I'm going to show you something there that is really very... So it says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days, verse 31. By faith the what? Jesu. By faith the prostitute Rahab because she welcomed the spies was not killed with those who were disobedient my brother, a prostitute was not disobedient. <laughs> you should understand that the person writing this is talking from a new covenant light of the Old Testament. Right. It's not that the people did not have faults. You say, me. You know what they say? They say, um, you know there's nothing like stillness perfection. Like you'll be saved without sin. Everybody that goes to heaven is the person that does not have sin. Are you? Are you a joker? you know what sin is? <laughs> Hebrews eleven, verse thirty-one says, "By faith the precious Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient." Verse thirty-two. It says, "And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, what, <laughs> Jephthah, David." Samuel and the prophets. See, these two. David, Samson. We know the story now. It's not a story we read. They have changed it too. Go to verse 33. It says, Who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. Who shut the mouths of lions. My God. This is what grace does. Exalts you above the weakness. know what you know what you know what the the lawyers do you have done all the good though they won't see all the good you have done it's the time you came late to church or the time something happened the wrong thing that is the one they will focus on all the good you have been doing though, forget throw away god does not remember the good we forget the good and it's the bad but look at what the Hebrew writer is saying. He says, "Who through faith subdued kingdoms and ministered justice and gained gained what was promised? Who shut the mouths of lions? Hallelujah!" Verse thirty-four. He says, "Quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword. Whose weakness was turned into strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies." So this is what grace does: exalts you above the weakness, exalts you above the faults. Hallelujah! So God sees you for who you truly are in Christ. God does not even see you. We are hid in Christ. So God sees Jesus. So when God sees Jesus, he's already satisfied. Amen? So we are not trying to satisfy God. My brother, satisfy God. Can you satisfy God? You know who God is. (laughs) He says, our righteousness, hmm? all our righteousness, all the good, 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 we gather it together. Eh? It's like filthy rags. And you know that filthy rags there? They have explained it before. (laughs) Amen? Okay, you want to hear? The word filthy rags there is the... Um, is the... Uh, is, is, is menstrual cloth. So that's what filthy rag is. No, I, can't, I can't say... So the, the, he says, if you gather our righteousness together all the good we can do it is like filthy rags before the lord amen amen amen, amen. amen. you know what you know what self righteousness is it's trying to prove that you can save yourself by yourself trying to prove that you are right all by yourself or trying to prove that you can do i can do right all by myself amen so, there are some questions people say. You can sin away your salvation. Let me show you the scripture again. use. Hebrews 10 verse 26. There is a way you will sin. God will not remove salvation from you. Say, my brother, this, you cannot be saved. Hebrews 10 verse 26. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left. So what it says. is, if you keep on sinning, even the sacrifice of Jesus is not available again, so your sin has covered what Jesus has done on the cross it, it, your sin is too much jesus jesus' death cannot cover this one verse twenty seven but only a fearful and but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of god Jesus. verse twenty eight Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. 29. How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him and who has insulted the spirit of grace. Amen. Do amplify it for this verse so that I will explain what. There is no more sacrifice for sin. Um, there is now no sacrifice for sin. Okay. it says, How much worse, sterner and heavier punishment do you suppose he will be judged to deserve he who has spurned and thus trampled underfoot the Son of God and who has considered the covenant blood by which he was consecrated common and unhallowed, thus profaning it and insulting and outraging the Holy Spirit who imparts grace the unmerited favor and blessing. Verse 30. He says, For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, retribution and the mel- and the meeting out of full justice, rest with me. I will repay. I will repay, I will exact the compensation, says the Lord, and again the Lord will judge and determine and solve and settle the cause of the cases of his people. Hallelujah. Back to twenty nine. He says, How much worse, sterner and heavier punishment do you suppose he will be judged? To deserve, he who has spurned and thus trampled underfoot the Son of God. You know what it means to trample underfoot the Son of God? It's to reject Christ. You are saying the sacrifice was not enough. You trampled him. You discover that there is no name by which any man can be saved except the name through Christ. And you say this name is not enough. Or Christ is not. Or you refuse to believe or accept. He says you are trampling underfoot the Son of God. And has con- considered the covenant blood by which he was consecrated common and unhallowed. Hallelujah. So he's saying you are, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are making the, the the covenant blood that Jesus paid on your behalf, that redeemed you from sins, common and unhallowed. So he's not saying that, oh, you are sinning and sinning and sinning, you will therefore lose your salvation. He's saying no, you are rejecting Christ that died for you. Amen. So he's saying you are rejecting Christ that died for you and you are making the son of God to be of no repute in your life. Not because you, 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 you what's it called? You sinned so much, but because you rejected the one who paid the price for that sin. Amen. Another one they say is, uh, uh, when you get born again, they write your name in the book of life. And when you sin. God deletes your name instantly with Eraser. So when you ask for forgiveness, he'll write your name back. Then when you sin again, he will delete it. When you ask for forgiveness, he'll write it back. When you sin again, who has that time? (laughs) Revelations 3 verse 5. Let's, Let's see the scripture. Revelations 3 verse 5. Do NIV. He says, he who overcomes will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my father and his angels. Hallelujah. Let's do NKJV. NKJV brings out uh, uh, something here. He says, "He who, cl- who he overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and his angels. Verse 6. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So it's it's not saying actually that when you get there or when when you believe your name is written. Everybody's name is on the book of life. It is when you reject Christ that your name is blotted out. Go to verse 5. Let's see it again. It says, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white and I will not blot out his name. So everybody's name is there. Everybody's name is there, the whole world. Everybody's name is there. It is when you appear there and you have you are not in the in the in the, in the coming in the sacrifice of Christ, then He now blots out your name. Does it make sense? Hallelujah! So everybody's name is on, they, they they can't treat you with Book of Life. Is your name in the Book of Life? Is your name in the Book of Life? Yes, my name is there. Hallelujah. Another one you see now is people come and they tell you, oh, we went to heaven. Oh, I went to heaven. In heaven, it was only five people from the whole of Nigeria that were there. Five. Everybody else is going to hell. Eh? And you know the funny thing about those things is that there is no scripture for it. There is no scripture backing." People just come and say things without scripture and you just believe. <laughs> let us let me show you somebody that went to heaven. Second Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, NIV. Hallelujah. It says, I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I said, verse 2. I said, verse 2. He says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. This is Paul speaking. He says, Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. Verse 3. He says, And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know. But God knows. Verse 4. Was caught up to where? He had inexpressible things, things that man is not What Somebody that goes to heaven cannot say he went to heaven. My brother, things you see, you cannot, you cannot express it. You know, before they tell you that in heaven, it was one black and white screen that is there. When you get to heaven, they will not play all your scenes for you on the black and white screen. Somebody will not come back and say, no, they have upgraded though. It's no longer black and white. It's not LED. It's not an LED screen in heaven. They will play all your sins, but now it's like HD3D TV. That it's a 10 4K. It's 4K 4K video. You watch your sins in HD replay. <laughs> all your sins will be played for you. With with scripture. With with scripture. They will not play all your sins. My brother, the things you are doing, God will play it in heaven. Really? Really? You know why? Why I? Because I believe this at some point. You know they will not act drama in church now. When we're in children's session, you will not, you, The person will not die. He will not get to heaven. will just not be wearing white. They will not open the book. Ha, ah, my brother, your name is not here. Your. ah, you're not in the book of life. They will not take him to one room. They will not put one TV. Not be seeing the guy will Not be watching it. And God will not be saying, Ah, you see your life. You see your life. You're going to hellfire. You're going to burn. No scripture. It is someone that was caught up. He heard inexpressible things, things that man is not permitted to say. Hallelujah. Amen. You see that Christ is superior to the law. Christ paid the price you could not pay. He fulfilled all on your behalf. Amen. One last scripture. 2 Chronicles chapter 1 verse 1. It's the last scripture we'll read, then we'll be done. Second Chronicles chapter one, verse one. He says, And Solomon the son of David was strengthened in his kingdom. Yeah, let's use the message translation for this. Solomon son of David took a firm grip on the reins of his kingdom. God was with him and gave him much help. Verse 2. He says, Solomon addressed all Israel, the commanders and captains, the judges, every leader, and all the heads of families, verse three. It says, then Solomon and the entire company went to the worship center at Gibeon. That's where the tent of meeting of God was. The one that Moses, the seventh of God, had made in the wilderness. Verse 4. He says, the chest of God, though, was in Jerusalem. David had brought it up from... Next verse. But the bronze altar that Bezal, son of Uri, the son of Hur, had made in Gibeon... In his place before the tabernacle of God. You know what bronze signifies in the scripture? Bronze signifies judgment. Pastor Phil has told you that before. So anywhere you see bronze, it signifies judgment on something. So you see what is about to be judged. And it's, and that is where Solomon and the congregation gather to pray. Verse 6. It says, Solomon worshipped God at the bronze altar in front of the tent of meeting. He sacrificed a thousand whole burnt offerings on it. Hallelujah. Verse 7. That night, God appeared to Solomon. Why? Because of the sacrifice. Because of the sacrifice. So he says, That night God appeared to Solomon. God said, What do you want from me? Ask. You have fulfilled my criteria for sin. Amen. Amen. So let me show you Romans 8, verse 32. Romans 8, verse 32. He says, he who did did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? He's not saying, um, he has given you Christ. He can give you other things. He's saying, with Christ that he gave you, he has given you all things. Along with Christ that he gave you, graciously give us all things. So he's saying that Christ that you have in you has provided all things for you. Because he has paid the perfect sacrifice. He has done the perfect will of the Father. Amen. 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 Christ has paid it all on your behalf. You lack nothing good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah philemon chapter 1 verse 6 we're just going to pray this right now you have freely received all things because of the sacrifice of christ not because of your works not because of who you are not because of what you've done but because of what christ has done on your behalf that is why god is favorable to you amen he says i pray that you are that that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you have so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have where Every good thing we have is in Jesus. So as far as you are in Jesus, you lack nothing good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As far as you are in Christ, you lack nothing good. So he says, I pray. This is his prayer. That you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding. So this evening he's going to say, Lord God, I desire a full understanding. A full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Every good thing we have is in Christ. Open your mouth and just declare that. Open your mouth and just declare that and say, Lord God. I, I, I receive revelation into the knowledge of every good thing I have that is in you, O oh Jesus. I receive revelation into everything good I have in you. Everything good we have is in Christ. Everything good we have is in Christ. Everything good we have is in Christ. And it's not because of what you've done or because of who you are. It is because of what Christ has done on your behalf. So you have access to every good thing that is from God. You have access to God's best. You have access to the very best from God. You have access to all that God has ordained for you. It is not by your works. It is not by who you are as a person. But it is because of who Christ is to you. There is no condemnation for you. Christ has fulfilled it all for you. Christ did it all for you. He said he made him who knew no sin become sinner. Christ did not commit any sin but he was made sinner. So also he says we are made righteous by believing in him. Not because we do any works of righteousness or we act in righteousness but we are first made then we walk out. We are first made righteous. He satisfies your position first before he guarantees your experience. He satisfies your position and says don't worry you are already righteous just leave out your righteousness don't worry you are already healed just believe you are healed don't worry whatever you believe is coming to you just believe that it is coming to you every good thing we have is in Christ every good thing we have is in Christ you have access to God's best Have access to God's best. Don't let any man judge you. Scripture says, even if our hearts condemns us, God is greater. God is greater than our hearts. God is greater than our hearts. No matter what it is that you may face, know that Christ has fulfilled it all for you. Christ paid His price, not for Himself, but for you. He died not for Himself. The death of Christ was not was not was not um was not Matadom. You know what Matyadom means? A good man that is killed. That is a matter. But Christ died a substitutionary sacrificial death on your behalf. That means he died the death you were supposed to die. Scripture says that the soul shall sin it shall die. So the 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 the, 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 the consequence for sinning is death. There is no other way to it. So Christ had to die on your behalf and fulfill that condition and says, now live my life. He raised us up with him and says, now you have access to God's best because of me. Just give God praise for his grace over your life. Say, Lord, I give you praise. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening, and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash StandpointABJ, twitter.com slash StandpointABJ, instagram.com slash StandpointABJ, and on soundcloud.com slash StandpointABJ.